Welcome to the Washdown Podcast. Tonight's guest is Jarrett Blanton. Jarrett has been a firefighter for 15 years, and he also runs the YouTube page Tech Under Fire. Um, we had a great conversation, learned a lot of interesting stuff, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Um, like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff on YouTube and on Spotify. Um, so, thanks, appreciate it, and uh, yeah, here you go. This is the Washdown with uh, special guest Jarrett Blanton. Um, I didn't really get, we. Did, in fact, I don't think you ever told me exactly, like, what led to that yeah you know but i i love those type of topics um i'm halfway pretty versed about most stuff uh being that this is kind of my first i really didn't honestly have like a particular topic i just kind of figured if it was something that was either related to (laughs) mental health so take it with you bro can can i ask you a question (laughs) sure uh when you can you just give me an example. Can you pull your mic back from your face just a little bit? And then talk. Like, like that? Okay. So pull it back just a little bit can, more. Yeah. So Okay, I see it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So, it, And it's fine if you want to set it back this far. You just got to project. Gotcha. You know? So I move a little bit at yeah. times when I talk, and yeah. I'm kind of, you know, yeah. this Dude, type. That's, that's 100% normal. And, I mean, I think for me – I'm used to having a microphone in front of my face from years of doing band things and all of that kind of stuff. So I know how to like navigate around it of, you know, Oh, I'm going to talk to my guitarist over here. Or I'm going to gotcha, talk to gotcha. the bass player over here. You know, it's, you got to stay within a certain range of it. And I think it's just something that comes with, with time. Like I was telling you earlier, man, we'll have guests. Like we had one yesterday, um, had two guys on, um, from the Missouri, uh, department of health and the guy that was sitting in your seat, man, he kept looking over there and I mean, <laughs> totally just going over here and just completely gone. Yeah. Lost and, and it's like, rich, come on, Lost bro. Them. Come on. <laughs> and he's a musician too. So he should fucking he know should better. But... Actually know what's going on. <laughs> now these are some damn good microphones. Uh, yeah, that's, so, uh. So if you don't mind me asking, so like sure. I notice on some of the mics they have like a button and it makes it like an omnidirectional. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you're kind of like in a circle, yeah. So omnidirectional, and so these are not omnidirectional; these are unidirectional. Right. So the omnidirectional things are great for like a conference call or something like that. But whenever you're recording, like especially like a podcast. You want the sound that's dedicated to you gotcha. to be dedicated to you. So that way, like, you know, because there will be times where maybe, especially if you've got two, three, four people, that sometimes somebody will get talked over or something like that. And it just kind of helps mitigate that a little bit of muddying the sound. And then also the omni- omnidirectional mics, um, they have a real bad issue with echo. Um, uh, I can see that. So you get that. You know, it, it's like being on, well, it's like being on a telephone. So you get that weird, it's not a crisp sound that you get with a mic that's dedicated to each individual. So yeah, it's no, the I same. Can hear your voice clearly out of this. 
setup. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. And it's the same with, uh, cause we've had questions about, well, why don't we just get like lapel mics or whatever? It's the same thing with, when you're sitting this close to each other, like your lapel mic would pick up what I'm saying. Oh, wow. And then you get this weird echo in the recording that you just, you can't do anything with. So unless you separate it out and then go through each audio track and like, okay, well he wasn't talking at this time. So let's just mute him for like 15 seconds. And then, okay, so now he's talking. Okay. Now here's another section. We'll mute him. And it's dude, it turns into a, you know, it makes a one hour process, a 20 hour process. No, I can see that. So, uh, well, we've been recording for about four minutes now. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, as you know me, uh, mm-hmm. Jarrett Blanton, mm-hmm. been a firefighter for 15 years now, born and raised Kansas City, so go Chiefs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have two kids, and obviously they're kind of the motivation of every single thing I do, so... Um, I've always been inspired, uh, by just tackling mental health and being aware. Uh, so when you told me you had this podcast that, that I I was thrilled because when I'm a tech guy, but two, you had a podcast on a topic and a subject that I feel like I can relate to. And I have, it's, it's funny, I've never been on a podcast, so this is my first time. Uh, and I've had a lot of friends who's had their podcast or they've had experience with it. And, uh, I never honestly knew like, Hey, what do you talk about on a podcast? So (laughs) anything and everything, bro, like the general overarching theme obviously is mental health, fire service, first responder world, you know, that kind of stuff. But dude, we will talk about the most random crap. I mean, you know, Chris and you know, Moran, so Sometimes we may start over here and end up way over here in left field, <laughs> and then we always bring it back. Good, but good. Uh, it's uh, yeah, we there's some randomness that goes on, which I think you know that's part of it being organic and long form conversation. Yeah, I mean, if you watch yeah. any of the the podcasts that do that, that are that basically just don't have a time limit, you know, they'll go two hours, three hours, whatever that's what you get in the natural flow of conversation. I mean, think about it. You're, you're sitting around talking with your friends about whatever. How many topics are you going to hit in an hour? Oh, yeah. Several. Yeah. You know, so easy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it like I said, just kind of starting out, uh, this is something that has always been inspiring, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to do this. So this is kind of where I start. I'm I'm happy that you're here as well. And I'm happy that you finally got your YouTube channel off the ground and, and posted a video, which is uh, it's Thank tech you. on fire. That's what it is. And we're going to put a it's, link to that in the description, by the way. That's so, right. Tech under fire. Tech lady. under fire. There yeah. You. Yeah. It's, it's raw. It's early. Like I said earlier, still need to work on some uh, microphone issues and some other yeah. cool effects, but. Oh, dude. We'll I mean, there. yeah, it's, it's a process, man. And that's part of, if you enjoy the process, then it's not work. I mean, you go back and look at, you know, and it, this thing is constantly evolving. 
go back and look at the like episode one and two and three, whatever the old ones. I mean, we're sitting in Nelson's basement with a card table and some little like <laughs> regular microphones that are, you know, just we went to Guitar Center and spent 15 bucks on some microphones and some cords and a little bitty mixer and, you know, an old laptop. And it's like, all right, let's figure this out. And it's like, <laughs> this works. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> right. Right. Well, but you're right, though. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of youtubers people who started out obviously first time with podcasts and you're right you look at their first videos and it's like oh wow man i can't believe they that was it that was their first one like you would never believe that they would have evolved into where they're at so that's that is a testament i i had it i did not watch your very first one i think i was somewhere probably in the middle <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think it, when i looked on the date it was like I want to say seven months ago or maybe six or something like that. So oh, yeah. So we're summer. like a year in at that yes. point. <laughs> <laughs> you were like a well-oiled rig yeah, already. Yeah, so it wasn't, yeah. <laughs> wasn't too raw. But, uh, no, this this is cool. This is, to me, like it. it's it's a part of the journey. You know, I can run my mouth about anything. So this is uh, – it kind of fits me, you yeah. know, in a way. So. Well, so I would like to know, I mean, obviously we're going to hit mental health at some point and everything, but you're, you are a tech guy, yeah. you know? And so how did you get into that? You know, because I remember like, cause we met like right whenever you came on the job, we were at the same station, That's just right. different shifts. That's right. And I mean, you were a tech guy even back then. <laughs> I mean, it's like, Hey, we need like... <laughs> this or that done with a computer is like, Oh, well, we'll talk to Jared. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it all started. So, uh, this story starts back when I was like five years old. So obviously I'm 40 now. That's 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, my mother, she, she was a, a tech person. She was a computer lady. She basically was, I guess your first type of programmers and stuff like that. So it was early on stuff. She was given a computer. So, at five, when most of the probably my friends in my neighborhood and even friends I knew, they the only computer they knew was either at a library or a school. Most people just didn't have it. Yeah. Well, I tinkered on it. I played on it. I messed it up. I broke it. <laughs> I made my mom <laughs> upset. <laughs> uh, but I, I figured out a lot of stuff. It's like trial and error. And then I think by the time I was 12, I somehow accidentally put, a virus on my parents' computer. Oh my gosh. That was a crazy one because they were out of they well, they was not out of town. They were gone. It was just one of those days. It was me, it was me and my older sister. We were watching ourselves. And I did something. This was like when Windows 95 and all that was first new. Holy shit. (laughs) Dial up. Oh, it was like you turn it on, it's like uh welcome. Yeah. You've got mail, you know, and and um, somehow I did something. I don't know if it was just getting on some weird website or something weird, but it, it had a virus on it, and I freaked out. I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? And there was no Google to Google. There was no YouTube to figure it out. Yeah. I basically had to read the manual on the actual booklet that the computer came with. Yeah, which they don't come with anymore, they by the way. Come Nothing anymore. comes with an instruction manual anymore. And yeah. most of, like, I put together, not to interrupt you, but I just think this is a hilarious story. My wife, she bought one of those uh, automatic desks 
that you can raise oh, and yeah, lower. Yeah, yeah, like the, a standing one yeah, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. The instructions were all pictures. Oh gosh, like no words, just pictures. I'm like, how <laughs> dumb have we become oh, as a species man. that we can't read words? Wow. Well, you know, some of them are apps now, and they make you scan some QR code, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah, here's the video to yeah. how you're going to put this together or whatever. So, <laughs> Yeah. No, you're right, though. But, yeah, so I just followed the instructions. Uh, long story short, I ended up fixing the computer by just resetting it all the way to factory settings. It fixed everything. The only thing I didn't – the only driver I couldn't figure out how to put back on was the printer. So when my parents got home, the only thing they were upset was, was, why'd you mess with the darn printer? You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to play it off like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, my heart was pumping. But I told them that sore years later, they were like, really, you did all that? So uh, by the time I was 15, I took a little internet class. And um, I'm sorry, a website class. It was a website building class. And I built a little cheap, cheesy website. I, it was like I was a Mustang guy, a big Ford Mustang guy. So oh yeah, I built like a uh, like a Jay's Mustangs dot com. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most generic name you could ever think of, but it was cool. I had like seven different Mustangs on the website, and you know, a couple little descriptions, and that was it. <laughs> uh, the meat and potatoes, as far as when I really finally I would feel like became a tech guy when I started really honing my skills or like some people say cutting my teeth uh was probably when i was about 20 years old um i started actually like upgrading parts out of like desktops uh, i was starting to work on a lot of computers from a lot of the guys i worked with um part-time job at the time a car dealership and the word just got around and it intrigued me more to do more and then i started working on laptops and then before long i started at that job when i was 19 i was a car porter by the time i think i was 22 i was their internet sales manager and i did that the last two and a half years before joining the fire department and everyone went to me as far as you know if they had a tech related question or if it was something that you know just advice or something that needed to be fixed and that just propelled me for even just all the years you know um working even through the fire department and even into this day you know going forward uh i just always been intrigued by it yeah so why did you make the switch from (laughs) internet car salesman (laughs) tech guy to the fire department, because I got to imagine that you probably made a little bit more money doing that than you did, especially first coming on the fire department. Oh, you're right. Uh, I made $50,000 a year, and that was actually on the lower end at the time. Um, I would have made a lot more because each year you got a bigger bonus. It was mm-hmm. a higher percentage. Uh, so coming to the fire department, I think they started at Stay thirty. Sorry, <laughs> they started at thirty thousand or something. So I took like a twenty some thousand dollar pay cut. You know, twenty four, twenty five year old man, that was a big deal. You know, I didn't have college experience or anything like that. None of the, none of this stuff was, you know, from me going to a school. I it's, it was just all self taught. Even the car dealership I worked for knew that. Um, but the main thing was honestly, it's just more time with my family. I hated having to go every time if we had to like 
take, say, for instance, I took a family vacation. Mm -hmm. I had to bring my laptop. And the car dealership, they paid for my laptop. They paid for my cell phone. They paid for the car I would drive. So it you never really felt like you were off. Uh, so even the days that I was out of town, I would have to respond on the Internet. I would have to constantly make sure I was doing updates. Um, if there was some, if there was pictures that were off, if, if, if there was a, uh, just a client that needed a question, I was kind of the one-stop shop. They did eventually get two other people under me that helped out a lot, but you still felt like if you were sick, you was not completely sick. You always still had to have some way to respond because they yeah. felt like, oh, well, it's just the internet. You can, even if you're sick, you can just. Yeah. You, you can type on the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hit a couple keys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then I think the other part, and I'll just say this just that in that is, uh, you know, during that time, if you remember, this was 2007, uh, there was, I guess a little bit of a mini recession. If you're, mm -hmm. you're looking at it from the, you know, standpoint of, you mean uh, the housing collapse, yeah. the bubble yes. and all of that stuff that bust. <laughs> yeah. Mini recession. Right. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you understate things, Jarrett. <laughs> Sometimes I got to sugarcoat it. You never know. You know, I just got to sugarcoat it to see what you get. <laughs> no, it was definitely a crappy reception. I mean, a reception, I'm sorry, recession. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of car dealerships at the time, a lot of companies laying off. And if you were in the auto industry, uh, if you're not hitting top numbers, you were subject to that. And yeah. I had already, in the five years I had worked there, I had survived three layoffs. And, hey, that was great. But how many more would I survive? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know exactly... I didn't know my future. I already had family in the fire department. I always wanted to help people. Like, that's just always been me. I'm, I'm a helper. I love people. I'm a people person. Uh, so I felt like, okay, you know what? If I, it, I wanted to do something that I knew that I could do for the rest of my life and not have to worry about, oh, gosh, last month, you know, my numbers were, were three or zero, basically. And this month I got to make it, a, you know, to be a hero because it's like they say, Last month in a car dealership, you're zero. This month, you can be a hero or vice versa. Yeah. But you, that's a lot of pressure. And I yeah. had already dealt with it long enough. Uh, I had family already that had been in the fire service. So it just it made me it, it I really enjoyed what everyone does or what everyone you know was doing. And I wanted to be a part of it. So that's how it happened. Cool. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was a hard transition at uh, first. I, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Is it, and it's a different type of, uh, I think it's a different type of pressure from, you know, the, the sales type of thing to, you know, having to make decisions, you know, on the fire ground or on an EMS call or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. But I, I definitely get it. It's, uh, I got a brother-in-law that's in the, in the car business and it's a. Uh, it's not a job that I think that I would want. Like I'm much more comfortable running into a burning building than trying to sell somebody a car or sell somebody anything. I'm just not a salesman. Obviously since, you know, we've been doing this for going on two years and the podcast hasn't grown that much. And it's mostly because I'm a terrible salesperson. <laughs> the message is great. The guests we have on are great. It's just getting it out there and pushing it and marketing and, I'm just not, I'm not that person. Like I will sit here and do this all day long. I will talk to people 
but to me, there's no pressure doing this. Like if I'm going out, you know, to functions or whatever, meeting people trying to pitch the podcast, that's a whole different ball game. And it's just, I'm not good at that. And to be honest, I don't want to be good at that because it's not my personality. Well, I think I, I see a little bit different on that. I think you are good at that. I think it kind of just goes with, you did say it's not your personality. So that I do agree with, but I do think you, I do believe you do have a natural sense to at least inspire people. I and mean, you inspired me when you told me you had a podcast and yeah, I'm a little biased because I am a tech guy. True. But it, it, you have a very like welcoming delivery. You know what I mean? Like it to yeah. me, I, I, like for instance, most people would probably look at me and think, Oh man, you know, he, he's a sales guy and stuff like that. They actually wanted me to be all into their sales. Like, I mean the general man, I'm not the general manager. I'm sorry. The sales manager, new car, used car. I didn't want to do that because I did not want to sell direct. I yeah. love selling indirect where it's like I can be the little guy behind it. <laughs> <laughs> you think of, you think yeah. of, uh, uh, oh God, Samuel Jackson on freaking Jurassic Park, you know, the original one, you know, he's like the little tech guy and <laughs> stuff like that. That was me that I like to be the guy behind the scenes just kind of, you know, tapping away. In fact, we would have some of the, uh, the clients that I would help bring in from off the internet they would get to the car dealership and they would not want to deal with any car salespeople. They only wanted to deal with me because they felt like they established this rapport. Yeah. But I always felt like, well, I'm not a salesperson. And they were like, no, but you, it's who you were or who you are is, is what brought me in here. So I think you have that it people, it, it's just exposure. I think at the end of the day, and, and yeah. you're right, I'm the same way. Like it's hard to market something where you have to go around and try to, you know, pitch. Cause it's like, I feel stupid if I'm, or not stupid. I feel silly if I'm trying to market myself. Yeah. I can market something else a little bit easier. Not saying that that's what I want to do. Yeah. But if you told me, Oh, you know, market this or market, you know, your, yourself, I can market something else so much easier <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. That's just the, I don't know. It's a weird thing. So, uh, so what's your plans for your YouTube channel? I mean, obviously you're going to review tech and stuff like that, but like, where do you want to take it? Or have you even thought about that? Uh, honestly, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. It's, it's so new. It's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I didn't have, I'll be honest. I just didn't have the confidence in myself. And a lot of people tell me, like, man, are you kidding me? All the stuff that you know, the knowledge you know and everything. But that that's still different because when I'm talking to someone, especially a friend of mine, or even if it's someone I don't know, when we're talking about something and they're asking the questions, it just naturally comes out. That mm -hmm. character, that personality, whatever it is, it just naturally comes out. But if I'm sitting by myself and I have to somehow – come up with an idea for a video <laughs> and I have to seem enthusiastic about certain stuff. Oh, that's not easy because I almost need a second person to almost talk to me. Mm -hmm. And they start asking me about the things that I'm interested in. All of a sudden I get it. Oh yeah. 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 And then it naturally comes out. So Dude. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because that is one of the biggest things. Like, so what I, I have to do or what I'm supposed to be doing 
is like, you know, a couple times a week posting videos on Instagram and doing, that's part of that whole marketing thing. And I have a bunch of stuff, obviously, from the podcast that I want to say. But, dude, getting me to sit down and make a, a one-minute video to post on Instagram <laughs> is the most painful. I sat in my Jeep yesterday, and I posted one. But I recorded it probably five times because I would get, like, 30 seconds in or 45 seconds in and be like, oh, nope, that's stupid. <laughs> delete it and start all over. And then I was getting mad, and I'm like, this is not what I wanted to say. I wanted to say this. And then it just, oh, yeah. it's uh, uh-huh. I, So I totally – totally understand that that doing it like it is easier if you have that second person to sit there and ask you those questions because it gives you some kind of framework or guideline and whenever you're doing it yourself unless you're going to sit there and write it out right and then go okay these are this is what i'm going to hit this is what i'm going to say you know and then that's a way to do it but you're talking about even more work and more time and effort and all that so I guess it just depends on what you want to do. Oh, no, that's that's very true. Um, but, yeah, you hit it earlier, uh, reviews and DIYs. That's that's definitely an interest. Uh, really just pushing, you know, everything that, like, I have a vision. Everyone has their own vision. I mean, that's just how, that's just who we are. It's what makes us unique. But I have a vision on, you know, how I look at the future and, and where, like, tech goes and and I've always felt like I've had a just a kind of a little bit of a knack when it comes to that. It's like a good. Are you, are you a futurist, Jared? Oh, well. You know, some people call. <laughs> hey, hey, I've been called a lot of stuff. You know, I've been called Morpheus, like <laughs> from the Matrix. <laughs> I'm serious. I've been called Morpheus. I've been called uh, Donatello from the Teenage uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, man, because they figured that's a tech guy. The, well, I mean. Not wrong. That's true. So, but like, I don't get the resemblance. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I really love like looking into tech. I'm one of those people that I really love pushing it, but I also fear like, oh yeah, we're probably creating our own demise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Terminator Two was a perfect example of how far this can go, and AI is something that I've really been paying a lot of attention on speaking of that dude and i don't know much about it maybe you can kind of educate me a little bit um <clears throat> sorry buddy so i was sorry about that listening i listened to joe rogan um and a couple other podcasts or whatever and then seen you know a couple articles about this chat gpt and how it's the deep fake and all of that stuff or whatever and he had lex friedman on uh, a couple days ago, it's taken me a couple days to listen to it, but dude, it's, uh, it's fucking scary. Yeah, man. That's just one of the more, I'll say recent AI technologies has came out, the chat GPT. Um, and yeah, it is scary because I've played with it for, I, I don't know. I probably got 40 hours just playing with it and playing. I, I'm constantly trying to figure out new things you can do with it. I mean, in fact, that's actually one of the videos I want to do uh, is based off the chat GPT. And I haven't even seen anyone on YouTube do the video idea that I have. And it's just because there's so, it, there's so much untapped, like this thing is still in beta. So it's not even fully out yet. But just from what you can do in just the smallest of beta form, it, it blows me away. But like I was saying earlier, like that's just the 
one of many. There's other type of AIs that are based off the same, I guess, architect, if that's what we're going to call it. Because mm-hmm. uh, the older tech is your Alexa, your Siri, your you know, your Google assistants and stuff like that. Yes, they can tell you what the weather is. They can tell you the time. They can tell you stuff that would be simple and easily, you know, something you can Google. Like you ask it, hey, what's the capital of such and such state? Yeah, it'll tell you that. But if you wanted to ask Siri or Alexa, you know, like, hey, help me write a book. It's it's like, what? It's like, what? Like, I can't help you with that. Yeah. (laughs) So that's... That's the older tech, this newer tech, this chat GPT. I mean, it can write you a book. If you wanted it to if you wanted it to write you a book and you wanted it to write you a book that was based on like Shakespeare, and you can say it's about firefighters, and you can tell just a few key like words of what you want it to be based off. And then you could say you could say, like, I want the tone of this whole story to be funny. And you can say, I want it to be 700 words. It will do it precisely. And that is crazy. And I mean, like, I played and played and played and played just with writing stories and poems and just seeing all the stuff you can do. And, yeah, it blows my mind. But I know I'm talking so much about it, but there's other ones. There's another one called Writer. It's like R-Y-T-R dot M-E. And that's another phenomenal, but it's based on that same architect as the chat GPT blows your mind away the what it can do or as far as like how human like it can respond back. Yeah. So. Well, and is it I mean, it kind of. Like. It makes you wonder about like the future of. In general, like the literary future of books and scripts even you know are are we going to need script writers are we going to need authors to write books or is it going to be just well i got this idea uh here's the parameters go and then what 20 30 40 minutes later you got a fully formed book that you submit to a publisher i mean that's exactly exactly right that's a great point you brought up Fuck, man, I'm going to be an author. (laughs) Because I got all kinds of ideas. I'm just a crappy writer. (laughs) Well, and that's that's literally kind of like the benefit. So part of the things that scare people, and it should, because I don't want this to be something that defines and takes over, you know, people's jobs and, and careers. But being a graphic designer or a website builder like it won't take over your your big powerhouse companies that would put together a website or even an individual that if they're building $30,000 websites no it's not going to do that this yeah. is a, this thing would be more in like if you wanted to do something based off like WordPress or just some of the more uh user friendly template based I say website building app I mean uh software but it could do that for you like if you're like oh I just want a simple website that somebody can, you know, access and it tells all about me, tells all about, you know, my podcasts and stuff like that. It will do that perfectly. I mean, yeah. it not yet. It's still in beta. And this is where I was saying, like, it's not at that point. But people are worried that 
It's going to take over graphic designer jobs. It's going to take over your, like you had talked about, you know, for script writing. Yeah. Um, I have made so many stories already. Like I have, this is something that my girlfriend really loves. She loves uh, any kind of love story. I mean, what? <laughs> What what person doesn't love a love story? Let's just say like that. So she loves she loves love stories, romance, stuff like that. That's her thing. The coolest thing about it is it's like, okay, we can kind of make it adventurous. You know, this can be our own original story. So you get on like chat GPT and say, hey, I want you to write me a 10 chapter book with 300 to 500 words per chapter just to keep it kind of simple mm-hmm. because it won't write you. If you're like, Oh, I want you to write me a hundred page book. It's not at that point yet. Yeah. It's, we know it's going to get there. It's just not there yet. So it can write you a small book and you can just keep it simple. You can just say, Hey, like for instance, you could say, Hey, I want my wife to be the hero of the story. And, and I want us to meet in a funny, but you know, cool kind of way. And you can say um, stuff like, you know, we ended up hitting the lottery afterwards and just leave it at that. And it will write. And I mean, obviously, where you can change it to make it different is by the tone. You can say, I want it to be a sarcastic tone or I could, I want it to be a dramatic tone or a convincing tone, whatever type of tone is going to make the, the how it's going to the book's going to read. And I mean, right before your eyes, you're just watching this thing, just type, 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 type. I've even seen it where it was typing so much. It ended up erasing like a, not a full sentence, but maybe a couple of almost some words. And then it would rewrite it. And the only thing I can think of, because I haven't heard anyone say this. The only thing I can think of is that since it's constantly thinking as it's writing, Mm-hmm. It must have contradicted something it said earlier. Self-edited. It's self-edited. Okay, that's fucking scary. That yeah. is scary. It's so, kind of like it lets you know, like, hey, we really are a learning tool here. So, And that's an interesting point because what Lex Friedman said on the Joe Rogan podcast is, like, big corporations are kind of scared of this. And they're putting, like, blocks in place to, like, limit how much it can get into their systems and, like, all of this stuff. Because they are scared of, if it's learning this fast now, and this is like the third iteration yep. of You're this exactly same right. like architecture exactly framework. Exactly right. Um, what's it going to be like in the next one, or the one after that, or the one after that? Yeah. Now, great point. In fact, I even have heard, and I need to make sure that this is correct, but this is what I heard is that they're trying to build software now companies to find basically make anti AI. So like, for instance, um, I thought about this with schools. Like what if you're at a university or a high school or anywhere and you're the kid like me who wants to, (laughs) (laughs) who wants to fuck off a lot, not go to class. So chat GPT is going to write all your papers. Perfect. Exactly. (laughs) So, that's it. So, like, if you're that kid that's like, hey, you know what? I have an easier way. It's like when calculators first came to, you know, schools and being, um, it's like they still wanted you to know the formula. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you do. You can have the calculator just to hurt, do it easy, but you have to actually know how to 
break down the formula. Yeah. Well, if you're writing these perfect looking book reports and these essays and stuff like that, uh, colleges and universities and even companies at some point, they're probably going to want to look at maybe developing some type of anti uh, or at least a way for it can determine if it's from you. Now, I know that yeah. that's going to be kind of hard to do. Well, yeah. I mean, what but, if you have somebody that's just a really good writer and then it's like, well, no, you use chat GPT on it. And like, no, I didn't, I'm, you know, and they're hundred percent legitimate, but they're going to get blamed for cheating. Cause basically let's just be honest. It's cheating. If you're having that write the paper for you, that's cheating. No, it is. It and, is. But is if you know, you have these kids that are stellar writers, well, now you have to determine, okay, was that really you? And so how do you do that? Are these teachers going to be expected to go, okay, well, you wrote this paper in the ninth grade and then this paper and, you know, as a senior, is this improvement what we would expect or, you know, like, I mean, what, now they got to be detectives too on top of all the other shit they got to do? True. And in some cases, you know, there's things that I feel like that you could probably set up to maybe help uh, prevent that there's no perfect storm on that one. There's no perfect way. I feel like I feel, you know, some of maybe an idea would be just having the kids do the, the book reports at the school itself, you know, right. and if the school has the, you know, where you can't access that website, I would imagine then. Well, yeah. Website blocker. I mean, because they have those already in place and it would be, I would assume, you know more about tech than I do, but it would be simple just to block that website yeah it would be i mean even if a kid was trying to use some type of like vpn or something like that i still think it would block it just based on you could still do what's called like it's almost like a geofence where you can still block stuff just based in like a like certain area like for instance like a plane you can't make a phone call up in the air granted you don't have satellites that you know I mean, you can make it on the ground, but I don't think you can actually make a phone call in the air. Hmm. That's uh, I've never tried. And if it if it is possible, then like I said, excuse me for being wrong, but I I just always thought you couldn't make it in the actual air. I think it's because you're too far away from the cell towers. True. So. True. But I know that there's other like they have like these geofence. Uh, it's just like almost like an anti, you know, I don't know if you're trying to access certain stuff because even a VPN obviously helps. stay in front of your mic, oh. bro. <laughs> Come on, man. It's important information that people need to know. So I want them to get all of it. No, like a virtual private network, which is basically just a VPN. I mean, it, it works pretty simply, you know, if you're at home or if you're in a location where you can access it, but there is still limitations, and even if somebody was using a VPN, I would still think a school would still have a way to be able to block them from being able to get on that website altogether. So, Yeah, I would think, especially since most of those tablets and laptops and stuff that they issue students come from the school. No, I mean, you could just put it right on that to where it's just blocked out and the settings are where you can't mess with the settings. I mean, we see that on our... I don't know how much you've messed with our tablets, but uh, the functionality is dialed down a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, but sp it's speaking in terms of, you know, what I see, like, in terms of, like, tech when it comes to the fire world. 
Um, and I know that I'm slightly changing subjects, but the whole part of me, I mean, the whole reason of starting my own YouTube channel, Tech Under Fire, is because it blends the two things I love the most about my life. Mm-hmm. You know, being a firefighter, being a tech guy, I believe that they both actually go hand in hand because tools, especially in the fire department, um, it's like they're made by firefighters. You know, a lot of yeah. ways they get further perfected and they, you know, like I'm sure they start out kind of just when somebody made some. <laughs> <laughs> like the Halligan like, bar? Like yeah. the Halligan bar. Like I'm sure it starts out like that and then eventually like it, it actually gets perfected into like an actual real life type tool. Uh, but that that stuff inspires me. Like I love the fact that, you know, we're finally uh, on our department at least we're, I feel like we're starting to have more tech involved. I still think we're behind. Uh, oh, I think most fire services are, but you're starting to see um, we're starting to incorporate. I mean, obviously, the thermal imaging camera has been around for years, decades, and you're starting to see it become in more common use. Um, more companies are getting it, you know, even down to with us, you know, pumper companies have it now. The rescues have it, trucks have it, so everybody's got one. They and it's do. such a fantastic tool, and the technology of them is getting so much better. I mean, I know the ones that we had 18 years ago were like, I mean, they were garbage. Let's just say that. I mean, they were great <laughs> for the time because you didn't know any better. They're like, oh, man, this is awesome. It's like listening to a freaking 8-track cassette player or something. <laughs> And then, you know, as the technology advances, they get better and better. The picture gets clearer. You can see more things. And then we're incorporating drones, you know, for search purposes and for, like, I know there's uh, departments that use them, like, even on their fire scenes where they, you know, somebody's flying a drone so you can see all sides of the building at one time. And so, you know, Incident Command has a better picture of the overall scene. And it's just stuff like that and, you know, nozzle technology and hose technology and the the way the rigs are built now. You know, night and day difference even from 18, 20 years ago. So No, you're right. Uh, and just even further expanding that, even the bell systems mm-hmm. have improved uh, just because all the stress that they can do on our hearts and they yeah. notice these school sound bells are not always the best. Yeah. So what was it like? They, they had an actual number for that of like every time the bells go off, it shortens your life by like 10 minutes or something Oh, really? Be- because of the, the stress reaction that you have. So they had a lot of departments have switched to these like soft tones or whatever. But what they started to find is over time, you get conditioned to those tones, so you start having the same reaction that you had to the bells. Oh, wow. So I don't think there's any way to, like, mitigate that because one thing is you know what they mean. So they start to mean the same thing. It's like, you know, if you're training a dog or whatever and you have the newspaper, right, and you smack them, on the butt or whatever because they pooped in the house. Well, then they associate newspaper and then they associate magazine or whatever with that same thing, you know. Or if you're using a shock collar, just the fact of having the collar on, you know, makes them 
not do the thing you wanted them to not do or do the thing you wanted them to do. So you don't even have to push the button anymore. It's almost kind of like a placebo effect a little bit there. You yeah. know, it's in this, I, I didn't even uh, know about that study that they're looking into now with realizing that even the softer sound tones are still kind of producing a lot of the same stress. Um, I've actually read about a department. I don't know if more departments have tried doing this, but they just did it off lights. They wouldn't mm-hmm. even have any sounds. The dispatch would come on, but you would just have the lights. Yeah. And that's how you, I mean, you eventually you would just get used to it. But, yeah. I mean, for me, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wake up <laughs> just See? off lights. <laughs> and, and it's funny you say that because I, the bells for me, like I tune them out. What wakes me up at night is the lights coming on. Really? Yeah. And that was one thing whenever, after I got promoted and started floating and going to different station after different station, like there were several stations where, you know, in the captain's office, like the lights right over the bed didn't come on. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So it was, hey, man, we got a call. Fuck, I'm uh, that guy. <laughs> don't you hate that? Oh, dude, it's the worst. It always seems like it's at a station you're not familiar with or you haven't worked in a while. Yeah. It's not ever at your actual assigned station. So usually at a station that you're like, ah, I haven't been there in a while or yeah. you're floating or something. And, because everyone's bell system is different. Whether or not it's just the volumes turned down in certain yeah. parts of the station, whether it's a completely different sound, whatever it is, everybody's station is typically tweaked just a little to their liking. Yeah. And, and if you're kind of an outsider, you kind of have to get conditioned to that. And Yeah. Well, you have to adjust and adapt really fast. Yeah, you do. So and that's, I think that's part of the, the fire service in general is adjusting and adapting to different circumstances on the fly, which we say that, but then whenever it comes to like (laughs) treating our mental health and adapting policies that would help in that situation or help those situations and maybe be a little proactive, we're so far behind the times. It's like, we don't even want to consider that, you know, Oh, it's not, it's not a thing or it's this or that. And it's like, no, here's the data. This is how many firefighters have committed suicide in the past year. And look at the year before that and the year before that, and the number keeps going up. Well, okay. The number of documented PTSD cases and the number of depression and the alcoholism and all of this stuff. It's like, come on, man. Like this is an issue that needs to be addressed but somehow we think, no, it's not an issue. It's a fucking issue. It, it, it is an issue. Um, it's a big issue. And no, you're right. I mean, it's something that I've always wondered. It's like if you have problems, you know, if you're having a, a, a rough time, I mean, let's just say it's a rough month. You're like, you know what? I, I need to go talk to somebody because this is I'm at I'm finally at my point. Well, in the past, and I don't know if it's improved, that could be like two months before you actually physically could talk to someone. Now, uh, wait times are the same or even longer now. Seeing that, that never made sense to me because it's, and another thing I, I have also noticed when I came on 15 years ago, uh, you always at time, well, if you, if there was a really bad call, you have kind of like your, your after 
uh, action review or act, mm-hmm. after action kind of counseling. Yeah. At, to me, that almost seems like that's completely gone away. Um, I don't remember too many times. In, in yeah. So I think it's it's still there, but it's one of those things where it's it varies so much by station to station. There's not – we don't have a good culture to do it the same every time. You know, at every station, it's like, okay, we do this. I mean, we have the policies, and all departments have their policies about if you do this, then X, you know, whatever. Um, It seems like, and I mean, you could touch on a lot of different things of what's changed in the past 15, 18, 20 years of things that we used to do that we don't do, things that we should do, whatever. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely seemed like it varies a lot from station to station and even shift to shift as far as people that will take the time to initiate that and go, okay, that was a bad one. We need to talk about that. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, that's being proactive as far as, you know, that avenue is concerned. Where we're not being proactive is teaching people coping skills from the jump. It's like, okay, well, we wait until there's a problem before we address it instead of starting early to where maybe it never becomes a problem or whenever the problem shows up, they know how to handle it. Yeah. Just being proactive is definitely a key. Um, I think to, I mean, it's like exercise, you know, the more, the more you do it, the better you get. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Like you don't want to wait until you're so far out of shape that, like especially, <laughs> you know, for our – go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to tell you. Oh, uh, get a little bit closer? Yeah, get a little bit closer. Wow. Here, I'm going to just try to adjust this. Just pull it right back to your face, man. Okay. All right, there we go. Is that okay? Uh, Yeah, I think a that's bit better. better. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll try to continue this better. <laughs> I need to have my late-night DJ voice. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> Very white. <laughs> I know. I've never had those super deep voice, man. Those guys, guys, it's like, imagine, yeah, I feel like I would have every woman at that point. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Now, the funny thing is, though, you move the mic closer to your face, and, and then, then, I then I you back lean up. further back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> So uh, I, I'm going to give you like a B plus for effort. Okay. And I'm going to give you an F for execution. <laughs> All right. That, that, that's fair enough. Yeah. I'll, you know what? It's, it's like, it's like anything. It's, the, it's just like the same thing we're talking about. I'm just, I'm practicing. Yeah. This is just going to make it better for whenever I have to do my channel. Exactly. If you remember when you watched the only one video I have, <laughs> I'm not even nowhere close to an actual mic. That's why the audio <laughs> sounds so terrible. <laughs> I'm so used to it being so far away. So, no, I'll try to keep closer. But, uh, but no, just getting back to what you were talking about, um, being, like, proactive and stuff. And, yeah, you're right. I remember the first time I had a panic attack on the job. It actually was a panic attack on scene. It was, uh, it was a hazmat-type call, and it was, like, one of those, some white powdery substance in a car. 
go yeah. investigate. You know, <laughs> police end up finding it, and then yeah. Make a long story short, it was protein powder. <laughs> Super dangerous. But they were so concerned, and for whatever reason, and I had maybe, gosh, a year and a half on the job. So still real brand new guy, didn't know anything about anything. Mm-hmm. And they're, we're sitting there looking at, you know, this this stuff. I mean, initially we, we did all the, the proper, uh, like we had obviously the PPE, our proper PPE on, and we made sure we took the proper safety steps. But once it was determined that it was just protein, nobody at that point really cared. Yeah. But during that time, and no one even knows about this, it was just some, something that it hit me. For some reason, my brain was thinking like anthrax. And I was thinking like, oh, man, what if this is some really powerful stuff that could, you know, hurt us or kill us? I started having a panic attack. And I literally thought I was going to pass out. This is the first time in my life I ever had a panic attack. So I didn't know what it was. And I'm sitting there looking around at the crew and I'm like, do they realize that I'm about to be this patient here? Because I thought I was going to pass out. I thought, like, I didn't know what was happening. Everything just seemed like it was closing in on around me. And I went through some family, you know, some deaths in the family. And and, uh, a real close friend of mine had passed away. And two weeks later, my grandmother had passed away. Um, And then just some other stuff. So with that and then also going through a divorce, it just hit me all at once. Yeah. So you had the uh, classic stacking effect. Yeah, yeah, felt like a trifecta. I yeah, mean, it was. It hit me all at once. So, when we were on call, the only thing that triggered me was the fact that I thought it was like anthrax, and that made me go into this panic attack. And I had to play it off. I had to sit down on the ground when everybody was standing, and I just played it off like, "Oh yeah, my back is hurting. I'm gonna just take a seat." No, I was sitting down because I thought I was gonna end up passing out and hitting my head and falling out. But luckily, I, I was okay. I came through. I was able to kind of, you know, settle myself. But at that point, like, I probably should have maybe tried to maybe talk to someone. And I didn't. Hmm. I didn't. And then it was like maybe, you know, five years later and another 10 more panic attacks, I finally decided, oh, you know what? Maybe I needed to talk to someone after all. So. Oh, well, you know, that's uh, it's one of those we're, we're quick on the uptake. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, and that's what we talk about, like, all the time is, like, there's all these little warning signs, you know, even before you get to that first panic attack or that you know, whatever you end up getting to that actually gets you to make that decision to go talk to somebody. I mean, because we talk about it's a cumulative effect and it's not just like the job stuff, which is bad enough on its own. We see way more critical incidents than most people see in their whole life in a year. Oh yeah. Easy. And easy. You know, you have all of that stuff. Well then let's not forget about you got life outside of work. You got kids, you got a wife, you got family, you got friends. All of that stuff brings stress in as well. You know, you're going through a divorce, you're having a custody issue, you're struggling with money, you know, because of all of that stuff. Well, I mean, how much stress can you put in that box before you can't deadlift it anymore? You know, before it's so soggy that it's just going to rip open. And then that's whenever you get to that point. 
And that's the part of being proactive that we've kind of started talking about more on the podcast of being able to handle those things and do the things you need to do to mitigate that to where you don't get to that point. Because, I mean, yeah, we've got resources and it's, we don't have enough resources. I'm not going to say that um, once you get to that point, um, but there are resources there. And that's what we like to do as first responders is wait till the wheels fucking fall off. You know, we'll equate that you're a Jeep guy. So you're not going to wait until, you know, you got no oil in your Jeep before you change the fucking oil. Or, you know, you're not going to wait until your tires are completely bald before you put new tires on it. You're going to do the maintenance to be able to keep driving it. And we, that's what we need to do with our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health. All of that stuff, it's a process and it takes time and you got to start you got to build your foundation so that way, whenever the storm comes, it's not just knocking you over. You're able to weather it and be resilient. No, that's an excellent way you put that because you're right. That storm is going to come regardless, no matter how, if someone thinks like, oh, I'm just having a very unlucky or, you know, or pull the why me, why me. Here, it, it's everyone. It mm-hmm. happens to everyone. Yeah. The difference is, is how are you prepared to deal with it mm-hmm. preparation is the biggest key of why you know you can have like you said uh, you have to uh change tires out now you got to blow out you got two tires you're going to have to switch out and if you're in a position because either you've saved money or you have either already purchased tires at a discounted rate for whatever reason and versus somebody who's not prepared for that and obviously they are struggling with money and they are having issues that hits them so much harder and it makes you feel like you know everything is closing in when really it's just it's all about preparation sorry man i turned my phone off and getting notifications and for some reason it didn't kill the volume Nope. See, it. we're talking about phone problems. <laughs> You're the tech guy. You're supposed to fix this shit for me. I know. So where I'm not ruining the podcast where we're talking about great shit. I know. I know. <laughs> it took me off guard. All of a sudden, I hear this little <laughs> notification. No, it's no, man. I, I don't know, man. My phone does it too. I mean, like I said, I don't. You have obviously an Android phone as well, so it's kind of weird that yours has a little bit of the same issues as mine. Yeah, mine seems to be a little bit better now, but I don't care for all the updates. Yeah, yeah, well, and that could have been what it was. I could have had an update, and I just need to restart my phone, and stuff will work right. Because yeah. that's whenever I've noticed, like, I've had it in the past with this phone and with all my other phones, too. If I don't turn it off occasionally and then turn it back on, like, it'll get to the point where this one, it wouldn't charge. Oh, wow. Like, it was down to, like, 3%, and I've got it on the charger, and I'm like, why is this not charging? I turn it off, turn it back on. And all of a sudden, boop, it's charging. It's no charging. big deal. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate technology. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is like the actual probably number one thing that fixes most stuff, I would say. And mm-hmm. in, in the terms of computer tech world, tablets, phones, just shut it off. Turn yeah. it back on. Restart it. Yeah. It fixes 90%. Of Why is that a thing? Like you can't, like if my Jeep is fucking up, I can't just turn it off, turn it back on and it's going to work fine. (laughs) Well, that's because Jeeps are cooler (laughs) than phones and 
tablets and computers. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's like a living thing for me. A Jeep to me is like mm-hmm. a, it's like literally like a living thing. Like I don't really consider it like a vehicle. It's like, I guess it's, it's like a life. It's like my pet, but it's like my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's uh, one you want to strangle constantly. Uh, yeah. It, it definitely, so it could be a little bit of a love hate relationship, but uh, more yeah. love than hate. Yeah. But every year it's like, I, I tell myself, it's like, man, I want, there's so much stuff I want to do. I have so many ideas I want to do for the Jeep. And then I feel like I only get about a quarter of yeah. the ideas that yeah. I wanted to do. <laughs> Dude, I tell you, like, it's, uh, it's one of those things. I had some pretty big ideas of what I wanted to get accomplished, you know, before spring, before we start going on trips and yes. stuff. And I've got, I would say, 60% done. And I'm going Tuesday, no, Monday. I'm going Monday to get my rooftop tent to get put oh, on because yeah, I got yeah, yeah, that yeah. done. Talk about that. Like I was wanting to do a drawer system, onboard air, and a couple other little things um, before you know April, and they're just not going to happen because other things in life is have got to replace the windows in the house, and that took some money that I was going to put for the Jeep. And even though you know I've been working the overtime because you know we're short-staffed everybody's short-staffed it's still not enough to make up for the and then you know having the actual mechanical stuff that had to be fixed that took a little bit out of the old uh you know fun fun toys for the jeep kitty so no i can see that yeah well and your windows in your house obviously that's going to be the the you'll have a bigger gain i think oh absolutely uh, no Doing, you know, yeah. the I'll be able to sit Jeep. in the basement without a space heater on. Heck yeah. And you should be able to save on your utilities from it. Yeah. So, no, they're definitely good good reasons to uh, do that first. Uh, but no, you're right. Like, I had to get my brakes done, and I told you about that. The guy did yeah. the wrong brakes. I ended up getting all four brakes done, which, which is great. That's what you need. Yeah. But I'm typically, I usually do either the fronts or the rears. I mean, and I think most people, because brakes don't wear out all four at the same time and typically yeah. your your fronts are going to wear out two times faster than your rears because yeah. that's your stopping power yeah but well i will tell you this there is nothing better on the trail than a set of good brakes <laughs> good to know <laughs> so whenever we get you out there which we probably should go do like a little short trip here yeah, coming man, up pretty quick i was gonna say it not yeah. to cut you off, but I thought about that too. We should. Like, yeah. There's got to be something with there's, an hour and a half away or so, maybe an hour. So a buddy of mine just sent me um, a link to a place a little bit north. It's uh, like 45 minutes. So that that would be the closest place. I haven't been up there to check it out, but, I mean, we could definitely do that. The other place that I go for like a day trip, it's close to three hours. And Is that in Kansas? Yeah near manhattan yep okay i've yep. heard of that place yeah and and it's great um it's not as great as it used to be um i'm probably gonna offend some people but if i do i don't give a f- crap um <laughs> a lot of side-by-side people have started oh. going out there and they have torn the crap out of yeah. those trails cut new trails that they're not supposed to be cut and and like it's hard to tell sometimes of if it's a jeep trail or if it's a side-by-side trail 
and then they get down there and start playing in these mud holes and what used to be something that you could just drive through real easy now you can't even get a jeep through because they've wallowed it out so much and then some of the creek crossings they've done the same thing where they've cut huge ruts and it's just it's not as awesome as it used to be and if it's wet like if you you know they get a bunch of rain over there it's not worth going Mm. because there's three quarters of the park that you can't you just can't do so no i can see that yeah i'm such and i'm it's also would be my first time doing an actual jeep trail so yeah it's something i definitely want to take a, a pretty good camera for and Get oh, some dude! Good recording, I dude, I want to fly my drone and have it follow me. Yeah, to, through some of it. So I'm hoping the one that you're talking about, that your buddy told you about, I'm hoping it's one that is open enough to where I can get some drone footage. Yeah. Well, whenever we get done with the podcast, we'll uh, I'll pull it up on the laptop. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we can see what pictures and stuff they've got and cool. see so yeah dude no that's and that's something that i've thought about for a long time because i follow a lot of those people on youtube and instagram or whatever that do the off-roading overlanding and then video everything and you know just how they get some of those shots and the the flying the drone around you know and seeing the jeep do stuff i mean it's super cool and you know the off-roading portion of it that's cool to watch that but even just the the camping aspect of it and the talking about it of you know how they explain things or whatever is what interests me more than anything and then seeing the the landscape and the area you know that's one of the reasons why um I like Arkansas so much to go down there and do off-roading down there because it's so beautiful. A lot of it. Some of it is reminds me a little bit too much of uh, back home in Louisiana where it's real <laughs> overgrown and real close. But then, you know, you top out on this bluff line and you just see, you know, these little mountains and hills and all the trees and all that stuff. And, and that's one of the big things about uh, Colorado as well, going out there and doing off-roading there is you're just able to get places that you can't get any other way and see views that you just can't see any other way and be out. Like you might be 50 miles from the next person, if not more and over a mountain. And it's like, (laughs) this is awesome. And this is what quiet is. And dude, it's, uh, yeah, it's, pretty freaking awesome no that is awesome um i've watched some quite a few youtube videos when i first got my jeep i was all just like man i want to know everything that you know you could do with it i want to know uh the the type of terrain since i have a rubicon i was like okay well what's the difference between the rubicon and the sport and the sahara and and all that so i've seen a, a decent amount of the overlanding videos and what i noticed is and I don't know if it's by near the Lake of the Ozarks here in Missouri, but there was actually a decent amount of videos that showed a lot of Missouri Jeep trails. And I'm not sure if these were actual trails or if this was just overlanding, which overlanding to me sounds more of like you're kind of making your own trail. You're kind of making it. And I don't know that. So please forgive if I'm speaking it in the wrong um, way. But So overlanding is yes and no you're making your own you're making your own route not necessarily your own trail because that's kind of one of the tenets of overlanding is to 
not make your own trail. Um, you stay on established trails and, you know, now you might be on one that hasn't been, nobody's driven on in 10 years, but it's a trail and it's legal to be there. And so, but what you do is you plan a route like we're going to do in April of, okay, well, we're going to hit dirt here and we're going to stay on dirt as far as we can going this way. And then we'll connect to this trail and then this trail connects to this trail. And that's what overlanding is basically. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And I honestly, I didn't know, but I just was, I was actually blown away of how many locations that at least the the particular uh, videos I had seen were showing in Missouri, showing like the land, you know, the, uh, the Lake of the Ozarks area, mm-hmm. you know, around around in that area, uh, because obviously out south, further south of Missouri, when especially when you're getting close to Arkansas, I mean, you you got some pretty big hills. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's like baby mountains is what I call it. Yep. They're, they're trying to form, but they yeah. just quite not there. <laughs> <laughs> this is but, they're they're like at the the, the seven month mark, right? <laughs> <laughs> little little infant mountains, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But, and then the the ones in Arkansas, they're like you know, they're like the nine, ten right. months, whatever. And then <laughs> then you go to Colorado, Ugh. and then it's like okay, now these are full grown, yeah, <laughs> corn fed, corn fed <laughs> boy, the Rockies, yeah, yeah. So no, that that would be great, uh, just to kind of do as like a starter because I still like I said that that Arkansas trip is is very exciting. You know, and I, gosh, I want to make the Colorado trip, but man, I just don't think with the amount of days and I'm still waiting to hear back, you know, on family reunion times and stuff yeah. like that. But if I can just make two this year, that, that, that would be amazing Yeah, because that's two more than I did last year and the year before. And yeah, <laughs> well, no, dude, it is, it. <laughs> it's a, it's a balancing act between, you know, time and money and all of that stuff. Cause I mean, it's not super expensive once you have everything, but, you know, getting the gear that you need, you can do it on the cheap for the most part and get by. But, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a monetary issue and then there's a time issue, you know, because you got to be at the fire station at every third day. Yep. You know, you've got kids that need to be taken care of. You got a girlfriend, you know, all of that stuff plays into it. So it's just a, it's a balancing act of, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to go do this, you know, for two, three days or whatever. And that's, again, that's one of the reasons why I like to do those shorter trips more often because I can go and you can be gone for a weekend, you know, and it's not that big of a deal. Whereas, you know, doing a big trip to, you know, Colorado or Idaho or, you know, Oregon or wherever, that's, you know, a place you want to see, that's a, that's a pretty big investment in just time because it takes you time to get there. It takes you time to get back. So you figure those two things and then, okay, so how much time am I going to have there? And then, okay, well, is it going to be worth it at that point of, it takes me two days to drive there because you can't fly because no. you got to take, you got to take, <laughs> take the Jeep. <laughs> so, you know, two days to get there, two days to get back. That's four days right there. So how much time can I allot to be out there? You know, is it three days? Is that worth it? Or is, you know, if we don't spend seven days out there, 
it's all stuff that you kind of have and it it varies by individual you know some people say yeah two days is totally worth it i'll drive four days to get two days of off-roading yeah then some people be like no if i'm not going for a week then i ain't even gonna bother oh wow so i can see that have you ever had a, a breakdown with your jeep on a trail oh uh the current jeep <laughs> the current jeep not on the trail Good. um yeah let me let me do some more yeah just in case. Um, my yj i had a 95 yj and it broke in colorado on the side of a mountain um mm. i had an engine mount break didn't realize it at the time um but my jeep wouldn't go into four low because everything shifted so I was like, oh, well, I got four high still. So I just keep wheeling, right? Well, the engine mount finally gave way all the way. It was only partially broke. So whenever it did, it shifted everything. It sheared off the distributor cap. It ripped oh, the uh, power wow. steering lines out of the power steering pump. Yeah, so it was work. dead, dead. And so we ended up towing it. So I had a Jeep in front of me and a Jeep behind me attached. So... The Jeep in front would pull me up the hills, and the Jeep behind me would lower me down the hills because I didn't have any brakes either. All I was doing was steering. Oh. That's it. How scary would Oh, that dude. Been? And we were probably 20 miles down one of the worst fucking dirt roads that I have. Uh. I mean, it's horrid. Like, and most of the dirt roads in Colorado are pretty bad. Um, and then we got it to some pavement, parked it, started working on it. Um, still didn't know... I'm not like the super best mechanic in the world. I can fumble fuck my way through a lot of stuff, but like that wasn't even on my radar. I just knew that it wouldn't start and it was acting like it was uh, the distributor or the the ignition coil or whatever. So we ran, got another ignition coil. Didn't even dawn on me whenever I was putting it on that there wasn't as much room as there should have been for me to put it on. And I'm doing it in the dark. And then finally, we just gave up, got a tow truck, towed it back to the hotel. Next morning, had a tow truck, towed it to the shop. So it sat in the shop for two days in Colorado while they diagnosed it and fixed it. And then it ran fine after that. And whenever I got it back to Kansas City, I, you know, brought it into the shop, as we'll say. Replaced the other engine mount and did a couple other things and yeah, but, and then the last time that I took it out before I sold it, um, I had converted it from a clutch fan to an electric fan, which super way better for off-roading, um, because that fan spins at the same speed all the time. The clutch fan, it only spins the faster you go, the faster it spins. So when you're crawling around, it doesn't spin fast enough to cool the engine, really. Well, the control module for the electric fan burned out on the trail. So I, I, it took me probably an hour and a half of driving it, you know, maybe a mile-ish before I had to stop, shut it off, and let it cool down to get back to pavement. And so I had to leave the trip. Like, everybody got me back to pavement, and then they went on and did the trip, and then I drove back all the way back, like four and a half or five hours. Woo. Yeah. But, you know, once I got it on the highway, doing 55 or 60, I mean, it 
stayed cool. It was enough air moving to keep it cool. But yeah, that was whenever I made the decision, like I'm done. I just, I can't continue with this Jeep. And I already had the, the four door Rubicon anyway, the, the YJ had that. Yeah. Oh, the the YJ was like, that was my, if I was going by myself, it was like that fun Jeep (laughs) that, you know, it was super, you didn't care if you tore it up <laughs> well, no, <laughs> to a degree. I, to I, a degree, I cared if I tore it up. I put a lot of work into it, but it was one of those things where it was I had built it, I had made it how I wanted it, and it was an it was super fun to drive. It was super nimble, super capable, um, and there's just something about you know everybody else had these like Rubicons and all of this stuff that were super jacked up and I could take that YJ and go everywhere they went <laughs> and it was like yeah you know because it was cool and you know to be honest it was pretty comfortable to drive it was fun you know it had all the room that I needed for just one person for my stuff was it lifted. Yeah, I had a three and a half inch lift on it, thirty three inch tires. So um, it was yeah, very very capable. Oh, it was super capable. Doing what you would need it to do. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't have on it that I wanted to eventually do was I wanted to put uh, new axles and lockers front and rear. Um, but I had was able to disconnect my sway bar in the front, which I mean, honestly, that was almost just as good as a locker with that Jeep because. It's so light, power to weight ratio and all that stuff. But yeah, after that, I brought it, parked it at my old house, and it sat there for probably six months before I touched it. I was just so like just done with it. And then I replaced the electric fan and we were buying this house. And my wife goes, that's not coming with us. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to argue with you. I agree 100%. So, yeah. You now ended up selling it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sold it. So, in the future, I will eventually probably try to get another one and rebuild it. And this time, I'll do it a little bit different. But because I like tinkering and, you know, having a vehicle to do that on. With that Rubicon, oh, yeah. I mean, there's not much. I mean, I'm not going to be doing too much tinkering with that thing other than, you know, oh, putting a drawer system in or you know, little small things, but I want something to like build, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, what years was the YJ? My mom had a 2000. I wonder what so, was that? Y- YJ? No, YJ no. stopped in 95 was the last year oh, they okay. built it. Was it XJ after the? So no, they had, uh, it went, um, YJ from like 84. 586 maybe 87 to 95 and then they didn't have one for the year 96 and then 97 started the tj until um like was that oh four maybe oh four oh five something like that and then they switched over to the jk yeah is yours a jk or jl mine's a jk okay jl started in 2018 okay so, and then now yours they got... A, the, oh, sorry. What year is yours again? Uh, it's a 14. Okay. I thought yours was a 17 for some reason. Okay. Yeah. No, mine's a 14. You just keep it in good condition, man. That's good. Um, yeah. Well, I was lucky. Um, the people that had it before me apparently never took it off-road. 
That's what so, you want. Yeah. <laughs> when you're I buying mean, a Jeep. <laughs> it, had, uh, it had been lifted. They had put new tires and wheels on it. I mean, brand new before they traded it in. And it had this big, ugly um, roof rack on it that was just it's a monstrosity let's just call it what it is um now i have a different one um but yeah i took that off as soon as i got it home i got new bumpers front and rear for it got a winch for it i've changed out a lot of the lift parts um because they put whoever lifted it did the worst fucking job of doing budget lifts like the shocks that were on it were I can find them right now on Rock Auto for fifteen dollars. That's how bad they were. That is true. And the springs weren't any better. So, like, I legitimately had an issue coming home from the station two years ago. I was driving down the highway and I hit a bump on the passenger side, and it almost threw me completely off the road. And I was like, mm. "What the hell?" So I get home, I crawl under the Jeep to start looking at it, and I can't see anything that's really wrong. And then I grab the front bumper on the passenger side to you know, help myself stand up and I pulled the Jeep down to me and I was wow. like, okay, that's a problem. That's a so that problem. led to new springs and new shocks all the way around and that fixed the problem. So, yeah, that speaking of lifting. So the, I have a small garage, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and because it's a small garage, if I lift it, I think I can only get away. I don't even think I can do a three and a half inch lift. So your garage, I haven't seen it, but I would imagine it's got a seven foot door. I would say that's correct. Okay. So that's what mine is. I've got a three and a half inch lift and 37 inch tires and I fit in my garage. You do? Yes. Okay. So now with putting. Fair. It's like you only only got a lot of room. Yeah. (laughs) So with the, with the roof rack that's on there now. I don't think I could fit it in there. Now I could take those bars off and I could still fit it in. But yeah, I mean, you've got what, 35s on yours? I don't even know if it's 35s. I mean, they they look and appear like they're 35s. I don't think they're 35s, though. They might be 33s. Well, I mean, if it it, it would still, I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have room. It looks closer than it probably really is. Um, But easy way to figure out is to just measure. And see how much clearance you actually have. And that's on, you're talking about if I was to do just a three and a half inch. Now, this sounds dumb. You can do a two and a half inch lift, couldn't you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I feel almost like two and a half would be right at the limit, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Well, so here's a little thing about lift kits. Even though it says it's a two and a half inch lift you're not going to get two and a half inches out of it. You're probably going to get more like one and three quarters, maybe two inches of lift. And then where you get a majority of your like actual height of the vehicle is from your tires. So I did not know that. Yeah. And the thing about (laughs) tires, which I was just talking to a buddy of mine the other day, because he took my 35s that I had. Um, But so tire manufacturers will say like, and and I just said, I've got 37s on my Jeep. Well, I don't. I've got 36 and three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> because they're not truly 37s. Gotcha, and that's gotcha. all of them, even though they'll advertise it as like the 35s that I had. 
really weren't 35s. They're like, they're like 34, 34 and a half or 34 and three quarters or whatever. I wonder why did he do that? Just because easier, it's easier to say easier. Yeah. 35 than yeah. it is, you know. They don't have to be completely 100% accurate. Yeah. Gotcha. Which you would think there'd be like false advertising or something, but it, it, <laughs> everybody's just like, there's 35. It's okay. Yeah. It's kind of like how TVs and uh, monitors are measured. They're yeah. never actually the exact inch. Let's just say you have a 50-inch TV, mm-hmm. and they obviously is measured diagonally. Yeah. Guarantee you it's going to be 49.5. It's oh. never going to be 50 inches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, men measuring shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, shit, man. Where are we at, buddy? Uh, it's 11 o'clock. We've been going for uh, oh, an hour and 23 minutes. Not bad. See how many topics we covered in an hour and 23 oh, minutes? I know. I know. Yeah. It, and just imagine if Nelson had been here or Moran had been here. Oh, yeah. I can Now I can see how easily it that just, this can, just time can go. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So this is great though. I love it, man. You have to have me back again sometime. Oh, absolutely, dude. You're welcome anytime. Well, perfect. So, yeah. We can do all kinds of episodes. I definitely would like to have you back and do a deeper dive into the tech stuff. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, and I wanted to talk more about that too. I just didn't know uh how much you wanted to stay on that and I didn't want to just strictly talk about that. But no, yeah. I I would love to talk about well, just the tech stuff. And so, and here's why I think it's important though, is because, you know, I think people see firefighters in a certain way, you know, and I think showing how varied and different that we all are as far as our interests and, you know, things that we kind of gravitate towards and how well rounded a lot of us are, you know. It's a it's a great conversation to have. And then plus, you know, I'm not super like intel or not intelligent. I'm not super yeah, I was like, say, don't say that. Yeah, I'll correct I'm, you. <laughs> I'm not super educated on a lot of the tech stuff. Like I have like a surface knowledge um on a lot of that stuff. But yeah, dude, I mean it, it interests me and I'm sure it interests a lot of people. And Having somebody come on that can actually talk about it intelligently instead of, you know, my dumb ass going, <laughs> chat PT's the devil, whatever, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it, the, dude, this thing is all about conversations and, you know, I think I had a good time, so. No, I had a great time and no, you're right. I mean, there is a lot that, I, I mean, you said it best. We're very versatile firefighters in general. Uh, we are very versatile people. We just are. I mean, a lot of people might think of firefighters like, oh, well, I know firemen, they, uh, you know, have a lawn care business. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of firefighters that have lawn care businesses, but that's just, that's such a one-sided, that's, that. It doesn't show what we're capable of. That's exactly right. I mean. And, I mean, to be honest, man, the, the job in and of itself requires you to be versatile to think on your feet, to be adaptable, which I mean, and that leads us back to the whole mental health conversation of if we are that adaptable and that versatile and that decisive, whenever it comes to our job, why can't we be that way with our mental health? 
you know, it's like a blind spot for a lot of us. It is. No, and that's that's why, like I said, this was very this was an opportunity I wanted to be a part of. Uh, whenever you first told me and presented this to me of your your podcast, because you know I know it, we definitely will talk about a lot of different stuff, but just what you just said, you know, how come we can't be more, you know, at what you said earlier, being proactive, and we don't treat our mental health like we treat. I mean, for some guys. You know, they it, it, they might be big on, you know, making sure that they, they work out or, or they eat right. And that's great. That's all a part about the whole quality of life. But we also, but they, but that same person can completely just like, what what's the best way to say? I'll say uh, they'll just completely um, not care about their mental health at all. I mean, they'll just completely just, just say, you know what? Oh, I don't have any mental health problems or they'll act like that, you know, it's going to be okay. Or that, you know, they, we all have our own coping mechanisms, you know, sometimes that's self-medicating ourselves. Um, but we don't talk about it and actually try to stay on top of it. We worry about it only when it's an actual problem and not something that we look at is that this is going to be around forever. And cause it is. Yeah. And be, since it is going to be around forever, why not treat it the same way you, that the person who takes care of their body working out, why not treat it the same way as being able to talk to someone and get this stuff out of you, you know, and, and it, it's all a process though, but no, I'm excited. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about the technology stuff because yeah, there's a ton and ton and ton of stuff. My brain is constantly, it, it's just going in revolutions like an engine. I'm always <laughs> thinking of new stuff. Uh, so yeah, like I can't wait to talk and dig more deeper into that. So I'll have more things to, to talk about now. And I kind of got this first, you know, rookie session out of the way. I, I, I won't talk like this. I'll talk like this. <laughs> We're just gonna, uh, I'll tell you what we'll do for your next podcast episode. We'll just, uh, have you come in. We'll have you say some buzzwords and then we'll have chat beat chat gpt write your part of the podcast and then you can just read it <laughs> yeah that you would be surprised like how i've actually already seen that being done um i mean literally like i've even said it like just like i was talking you know to my buddy because I, I he's a tech guy as well and um i've turned him on to a lot of the same stuff uh with the whole chat gpt and i was giving him an example I was like, look, even if I didn't know what I wanted to write up on in terms of like, say, for a video, I just typed in chat GPT. I went into the actual site itself and then I just said, hey, help me write a script. And it's like, OK. I mean, it responds back. It's like, OK, I need to know more about what this script is going to contain to help you write it up. And I said, OK, help me write a YouTube uh, opening like video about let's just say computers or the newest TVs of 2023, whatever. And it might ask you, okay, is there any keywords or anything that you want to highlight? So you might just put in, I want to find 4k OLED TVs, uh, best ones for 2023. Okay. And that's it. That's really all you need. And it will write you almost like a very perfect, opening dialogue that you can use 
And it will even tell you like, hey, I know this isn't the best. You can probably do it better. But is there anything that you need for me to improve on? I mean, it's asking you like, <laughs> it's, it's. This is some Skynet shit. Dude, it is, man. I'm telling you, we, we, we need a. <laughs> We need to call Arnold. Call Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Get the governor back here. Holy the former shit. one, at least. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we'll have a lot to dive in about it. But, you know, I'll, we'll play with it, too, um, just because I know you already know about it. But I'll, I'll show you kind of what I mean. And then that way, next time when we talk about this stuff, you'll see how powerful it is. But it's, it's, a, it's a powerful and it's awesome. But it just like you, it's also scary, too. I mean, it brings a whole new level of issues and problems that we're just not quite ready to. We don't know what to expect. Yeah. I mean, how can you? We've never got this part in, in in this development of our lives yet, as far as the, the human race. So yeah. it's all new. It's all brand new. We don't have a. I mean, as far as I know, we don't we don't have an alien race that's like, oh yeah, guys, this is what happens here on the next, you know, yeah, uh, generation of this stuff. No, we don't know. It's all we're just going in kind of blind. Yeah, we'll figure it out though. <laughs> I hope so. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on, Jarrett. Uh, your YouTube channel is Tech Under Fire. Tech Under Fire. That's right. right. We will uh, we'll put a link in the description for awesome. that so go and check it out uh looking forward to some great things oh, on yeah. your channel and looking forward to having you back on too Same and maybe we'll get the buddy. other two uh chuckleheads to come on <laughs> and uh they can mess with you a little bit uh, so yeah um all Thank right you. so if you are struggling reach out there are resources out there if you know somebody that's struggling reach out and let them know you care um be proactive with your mental health. Be proactive with your physical health, your spiritual health. Um, just be proactive. Don't wait till the wheels fall off, people. All right. And uh, take care. And we'll see you next time.